AM 570 KLAC, 98.7 KYSR HD2. Los Angeles. Available anywhere using the iHeartRadio app. AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. All right, let's do it. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. One hour for us today. Uh, so the groundbreaking in Inglewood, Rodney, oh, quickly Dodgers in Cincinnati tonight. Weekend series against the Reds. Giants host the Braves in San Francisco. Giants have now dropped two in a row because the Padres came out of the yes. coma, which was nice. Go ahead, Padres. And yesterday and they got they, them again. Yeah, and they actually were out of the coma yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday they put it on them pretty good. So is this the beginning of a a bit of a slide for the Giants? They really haven't had one. Yes, they have. Right before they played the Dodgers, didn't they? A little one. A little one. Little one. Maybe this will be uh, another little one. And it couldn't yeah. come at a more Don't opportune that, time. Fred. Don't hope for that. That's not. Yeah, no. They ain't sliding. It's like the Dodgers ain't sliding. Oh Gotta no. Play them out. It's gonna be nip and tuck all the way through. As you know, what I'm saying. You ever used to watch that show, Nip and Tuck? Yep. Good show. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but the thing is this. Uh, you know, Dodgers continue to do what they have to do. We'll see what the Giants do. And, of course, you'll hear the game here on the radio station. Now, Steve Ballmer this morning and the unveiling, the groundbreaking of this new arena in Inglewood. And uh, I got to tell you something. I would love to work for Steve Ballmer. I would love to have a guy like that in charge of whatever I do. Because he is all about winning. He's about doing it right. He's about committing the resources. He's about taking care of people. And this thing in Inglewood, the Intuit Dome, is going to be out of this world. It really is going to be the SoFi of the NBA. Uh, I mean, we could list all of the things that it's going to have. For example, when you go there, you're not getting in line at the concession stand. You will order on an app, run up, grab it, sit back down. Ballmer wants everybody in their seats a majority of the time. Well, you got to get up and ground. I thought they brought it to you. No, I think you do have to go get it, though. Oh, no. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not like you're going to be in a line for an hour. Just got to go pick it up. Just boom, right back. That works. Maybe some of the seats will have people can, bring it to you. Yeah. You know, Uber Eats. DoorDash. Yeah. Right. That fast. Uh, he said they need their own identity. He's tired of living in the shadow of someone else. He basically said there are 30 teams in the NBA. Two of them happen to be in Los Angeles. Both are important. Both matter. Both want to win. Basically, he is saying we are not second-class citizens anymore. We're going to do it our way. We're going to be competitive every year. We want to win, and we're going to do what it takes to win. He pledged that to the fans. So we're going to be good every year. Don't know if we'll win it every year, but we're going to be good. Not like we used to be before I owned the team when they were complete garbage. Because I care. Uh, He said if the uh, fans across town are upset by this, if they don't like what they're hearing, (laughs) well, that's on them. They must be doing something right, the Clippers. 
If they're making the, people what, uncomfortable. People across town, who is he talking about? Laker fans. Like what they're, Laker like fans. What they're doing. Like that they're getting their own arena? Yeah, that they're getting their own arena, that they are trying. But if you're a Laker fan, don't you want them to have their own arena? Get out of our building? Yeah, but I also think it indicates that they are, well, to be fair, Rodney, I don't think Laker fans even knew they existed in that building. They didn't care. Oh, stop it. No, they really didn't. That's why they were infuriated when Doc became the coach and they hung all of those pictures over the banners. What, this is our arena. How dare you cover our banners even if you're paying rent and at your arena as well. So, no, I, I think what it is is, hey, we're going to try here. We're, we're going to be a bit of an annoyance to you. That's we're, not an annoyance. Why is that annoyance? You, don't think that, you think that is in Steve Ballmer's mindset when he's doing this? Is that, that you know, a guy that helped start an iconic company, made billions of dollars with it, knows how to win in every aspect, is going to spend the money, buy the Clippers, and now figure out a way to to work it in England. Shout out to Mayor Butts, though, by the way. Uh, you know, in did it again? Just, did it, you know, just the man. Um, and I'm doing this for the annoyance of Lakers and Laker fans. No, come on, Fred. No, the annoyance comes from the fact that they're actually trying to do something. They're trying to win. They're building their own arena. He said there are 30 teams. Two of them happen to be in Los Angeles. First yeah, and the only, two, only teams that share an arena. Well, right, unless you play in the NFL. But in the NBA, that's true. Yeah. Uh, they, they are here. He's in it to win it, and he's going to act that way. He's, he's putting everybody on notice, whether they want to acknowledge it or not. There are two teams in this market. One is not an afterthought, the butt of a joke, or just... Well, I think he had that, didn't he? Didn't you believe he had that mindset to begin with to coming in town? Oh, I agree, but I'm saying yeah. this—that's that exclamation point. Yeah, this was inevitable. I think that eventually they were going to do this with somebody. It never was going to happen, but obviously with the other ownership. But but you got a guy that can got deep pockets. You got cronky pockets. Well, he, he can. He's got cronky pockets like uh, yeah. you know, fifteen times over. He's got 138 billion dollars. <laughs> well, he's got cronky and 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 cronky's wife pockets. Yeah, How about that. Yeah, put together. Um, but yeah, no, he he's he came in with that attitude that he wanted to to set the Clippers apart and put their mark on on this town and have their own identity. And finally, when they do get that that arena, it it will be first of all, it'll be state of the art. It'll be very cool. People, it'll be a you know, much like SoFi destination that people want to go to, but it does separate the Clippers from the Staples and the Lakers and everything downtown, which is heavily, heavily, heavily Lakers. And it does give them their own identity. I think it'd be great for them going forward to have that and, and make it a destination that you are in Clipper territory down here. Yeah. Um, agree with that. I think that Inglewood, that entire area now, and again, shout out to our friend, the mayor, that, that's firing a direct salvo at LA Live. They are building a new, basically more modern, updated, cool version of LA Live in Inglewood. You've got football stadium. You've got the basketball arena. You have the Hollywood Park Casino. Plus, you have all the businesses that are going in, restaurants, hotels. It's going to be enormous down there. They're putting in condos down there. I heard the, angel, I heard the angels are moving up. No, they're not. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. They need they're a new stadium. No. They need a new stadium desperately, but no, they're not moving up. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, if I'm the folks at LA Live, I'm like, oh, God. Because that's going to take business. 
from LA Live. You're going to have another destination, and that's going to be this this area in Inglewood. Um, I know they're going to redo Staples Center. Mm-hmm. They've talked about that, and they're going to do some work on the inside of Staples Center to modernize it. Yeah, they're going to have to. Yeah, they're going uh, it's to- such a. I mean, it's you know Staples Center. Obviously, when they built it and then did a LA Live, it was genius, right? It, it it absolutely worked. To have that downtown arena and and all the things around it, it revitalized downtown LA. Um, but they have to update it because what they don't want to do is have this arena at Inglewood be so special that they lose to everything else, right? Because right now, what the Grammys are here and all kinds of award shows are here, big concerts are at Staples. You don't want to lose that down to Inglewood. And remember that uh, Steve Ballmer, to clear the way for this, just wrote a check for $400 million and bought the forum yeah. to eliminate that lawsuit. So he's got the forum and he's got the new Intuit Dome in Inglewood. And it also speaks to looking far down the road. Uh, you know, the guy Goliath against David. Steve Ballmer's Goliath. He has the resources. He has the money. The Lakers are a mom and pop shop. That's the bus family. They're kind of like the Mark Davis of the NFL. And it goes back, or or the Dean Spanos of the NFL. goes back to the same thing. Those guys are rich. They really have money. They don't have Stan Kroenke money. They don't have the money of the the guy that owns the the Buffalo Bills. They don't have Jerry Jones money. They're rich. To us, they're super rich. But to the other guys involved, not so much. That's why that move to Vegas for Mark Davis probably saved the franchise for him because he's going to make money now. Uh, The Lakers are a mom and pop shop. The Bus family owns them. I mean, they are going against the monster now. And Steve Ballmer, obviously, they have the title. Yeah, they got the brand. They have the brand. Right. And I don't know, will the Clippers ever, ever be able to dent that? Hmm? They had a pretty good year last year, and some people did take notice of them. And they do have a fan base, but the Clippers are kind of no, like... Fred, you know the answer to that before you even asked it. There's no way. They'll, see, get a, they'll get a fan base. They'll get, you know, and they already have... You know, they already have somewhat of a fan. They got, you know, let's put it this way. They got they got a bigger fan base, obviously, than the Chargers. So they do have a fan base here in L.A., and they've built it. They've won over years. haven't won a championship, but they've they've had years, Lob City, all those things where people were excited. Staples Center was full with Clipper fans, and so they do have a fan base. Now it's just going to even grow because you're going to get all the younger folks that that grow up Clipper fans. Only, only thing they're going to know is this new arena in Inglewood. And so that's going to be good for them. But they, in terms of them surpassing the Lakers or even putting a huge dent in the Lakers' popularity in L.A., that is not happening. Uh, I don't know. I think that the Clippers are a little bit like the Kings. The Kings have a very passionate fan base. I mean, they if you're a Kings fan, you are a huge, huge Kings fan. But as the old story goes, the issue is, Every one of those people that are really passionate about the Kings are at every game. That's that's how many truly passionate people there are. They're in the arena. I think it's kind of been that way for the Clippers. If you really love the Clippers and you believe in them and they're your team, you're probably at the game. Now, certainly they have a bigger footprint than the Chargers, yes, but they've been here longer. I think this arena will expand that. 
you know, they can't catch the Lakers. That's fair. But I think, and, and you and I know because we do this for a living, and our listeners know because they love sports. I think what this arena does also is there's a lot of people in L.A. It now confirms to everybody there are two teams in town. Even in the playoffs last year, th- there were times where you could buy Clipper tickets walking up, walking up for the playoffs, game yeah. day. I don't know if that's going to be the case any longer. I think what this does is let the, lets the majority of the market know there are really two teams here, and my team plays in a really cool place a place you need to see, a place you need to be at. Because we're going to have a party. He's building that wall. I think we talked about it in the past. I think it's 51 rows of seats. Just straight up. Straight up. Because he traveled all over the country. He went to different arenas. And he loves this wall, 51 rows of seats, that will be focused right at the visitor's bench. And it will be so loud and so insane that the the visitors will have trouble, you know, communicating. It will be a real home court advantage. And he took all of this into account when he decided that he was going to build this and put it, put it into motion. I think it's a really big day for the Clippers. Really big day. And congratulations again to Steve Ballmer. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think, you know, you look at this city as it gets ready for Super Bowl this year with SoFi and SoFi opening with the crowd, which was electric. Um, and, you know, the new arena, you know, which feels like it should be done before the Olympics get here and it'll be up and running. It'll be a lot of spots to go in L.A., which, again, which is what LA is is the reason why you gotta you gotta win because there are a lot of opportunities and a lot of a lot of things to do in this town. And if you're not winning, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to a concert. I'm going to hang out in LA Live instead of going to Inglewood for a Clipper game. Or I may just hang out in Inglewood and not go into the game. Right, but that's what Mayor Butts has built down there now. Yeah, the opportunity just to hang out. Yeah, and it's bigger than LA Live. Because they have more room, obviously. Yeah. Rather than just in downtown. Now, I'll ask you this. With this uh, groundbreaking today, and really the excitement surrounding it, is this the time? We're not taking calls on it, so you don't have to call. Is this the time for the Clippers to change their name, moving into the new arena? Oh. Ooh. See, didn't we talk about that when they moved, when, when he bought the team? It was a time for him to just change the name. Instead, we changed the, the mascot. Right. Chuck the Condor. You like you like yeah. Chuck? No. <laughs> Why? Chuck personally delivered you a chair, Fred. I don't want to relive yeah. that chair saga. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We're not going to relive yeah. the chair he flew saga. On, he he might have been over. a little bit late, but he still got you yeah. the chair. Get a chair. He flew over post-haste to bring you that chair. He did bring the chair. That was fair. <laughs> you had to complain about it, but you got the chair. Right. Oh, we got the chair. That's right. They came right in and brought that chair. <laughs> Much appreciated. Um, yeah, no, I think it would be. I think it would be great for them to change the name. I think it'd be perfect timing for them to change the name that associated with the new arena, more about LA. I, yeah, I, I think it would not. It's not like it's an iconic 
franchise and nickname that that you can't change that you don't want to change because you know think about it lakers don't really make sense in la neither do the another team should change was the jazz as soon as they moved to utah um but yeah it makes sense for them to uh to change that name yeah and he did say originally when this all came about that if there was ever going to be a name change they would consider that as they moved into the new arena look Let's be honest. The Clippers are much better. They are competitive. Give them that. Uh, It's not really been a winning name. It's not like they've chalked up the titles. It really hasn't worked. And if that's the case, why not change it? New arena, new name, and now we're ready to go. I would do it, or I would seriously at this point consider it. And I know diehard Clipper fans say, yeah, but, you know, the history. The history? (laughs) What are you talking about? The history? (laughs) Not talking about practice. I'm not talking about history. (laughs) I mean, come on. It would be the perfect opportunity. If they had won, like, three or four championships, then you you can't change the name, right? Yeah. But they haven't won one. No. So why in the world would you sit here and stick with that? Uh, I wonder if Clipper fans would be really upset if they changed that name. You think they would? Well, I know when we brought it up in the past, at least the ones that we've heard from have have been, uh, you can't do that. It was always this, why would you do that? And here's the response. Why Saltier, you? if you're listening, are you? would you be mad, Saltier? What do you think the people would be, would say? I don't know if Saltier is listening, but I don't Saltier. think it could hurt with the new arena. It's kind of... Oh, I think it's great. Yeah, I don't want to belabor the Chargers, but they should have done it then too. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Perfect opportunity for them to change that name. Right. They should have done it. They didn't. Okay. Well, now they're better. So we'll see what happens this year. Is there anything to be said for taking a downtrodden franchise and a franchise name that has been a laughing stock and turning it into a premier one and turning it into a winning tradition and saying, look where we came from and look where we are now? Does that mean anything? Absolutely. Does that make sense at all? Absolutely not. It, it does nothing. So the Patriots were basically a joke for a long time, and now they are a marquee franchise in the NFL. It doesn't mean anything that I know they didn't move, so they wouldn't rebrand. Right. But the fact that they went from and also ran to being a dominant power means nothing. What I'm saying, Kevin. What you associate is different now. You think of them differently now than you did before. Yeah, but what I'm saying is those two but again, franchises. they didn't move, to your point. They correct. Didn't move. You're right. right. And you're that's right. it. The, the, so the, just because they moved. Yeah, the yeah. two franchises we're talking about, the Clippers and the Chargers, both moved. Chargers moved to L.A., and Clippers are moving into their own home. And moved from LA and moved from San Diego as well. Yeah. No, that was much longer ago, but yes. Yeah. yeah Cl- but the still, Clippers essentially there's not really a, like a, a bona fide history, you know, with, with, with the Clippers of, of, again, of winning titles. I don't even, people don't even remember they were the San Diego Clippers. Or the Buffalo Braves. Or the Buffalo Braves. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying this might be the opportunity. This is the best opportunity to be honest. If they don't do yeah. it now, they'll never do it. Right. Yeah. And get the fans involved. If you're going to do it, that's the right way. Yeah, get the Pull fans. the fans. Give them like five options or however many options and see what they say. Right, and then do what yeah. you want. Correct. doesn't really matter what they vote for. You're going to do what you want. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll put it out there, but they know exactly what direction they're going. Yeah. Yeah. They'll give you, they'll give you three Financially, games. it makes sense. Oh, yeah, because then you rebrand. Push out yeah. new merchandise. Yeah. yeah. All, all of that. that. Yeah. This will be a fresh start for the Clippers, and maybe... Maybe it is time for them to think about, as they get ready for the new arena, to change their name. All right, so uh, 
Rams against the Colts, Chargers against the Cowboys. Benny Bonsignor, our NFL insider, will join us next. If you missed any of Rogan and Rodney, you can podcast it on the iHeartRadio app. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. I got this feeling on the summer day when you were gone. Oh, yeah. You know it, Freddie. You know what time it is. You know when it's Friday. Oh, yeah. You know Friday. We absolutely. No, we don't. Could care less. All right, Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Week 2 NFL. Let's bring on our insider, Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, good Friday to you. Good Friday to you guys. How are you doing? We're doing great. Let's start with the Rams. They're in Indianapolis. Now, the Rams have been one of the NFL's best road teams during Sean McVay's career. 23-11 and in regular season games played outside of Los Angeles. 4-0 and in road openers. Topping the 30-point mark in all four games. What do you expect in that game? Well, I'm really interested in the Aaron Donald-Quentin uh, Nelson uh, matchup. By the way, the Colts were the first team uh, that, that Sean uh, McVay, that was, his first, that was his coaching debut. And I'll, re- I'll never forget that game because they were coming off such a bad season and what are we going to expect from the Rams? What's going to happen? And they blew the roof off <laughs> the Colts in that game and it was it's been a uh, a wild ride ever since, but uh, but yeah, I think the, the can the Colts deal with Aaron uh, Donald? Uh, I think the Rams offense travels. Uh, I think that quarterback, the run game uh, that they're going to be able to manufacture uh, travels pretty well, and uh, I think they win fairly easily in that game against a pretty good opponent. Travels, yeah, travels when you're in a dome, Benny. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, <it's> good. <laughs> but it's also great that that you know another thing as as you know I joke about it, but you get late in the season and if they and in the playoffs if they do have to go back to the Midwest or the East or anything like that, then he is used to playing in Chicago or Green Bay, um, some places that can get pretty nasty in bad weather. That's a great point um, because Jared Goff wasn't. You know, he's a right. kid from California and he played at Cal. Um, so those were always issues for him. Uh, a lot. Derek Carr goes to the same thing when he goes outdoors in cold weather. So uh, Matthew Stafford's like, hey, that's, that's something that I've lived with, you know, my entire career playing in Detroit and having to go to Chicago, having to go to Green Bay and places like that. So uh, I figure that's that's something that he's not even going to blink an eye at. Yeah. Hey, Benny, what do you what- – what did uh, you take away from from week one, just in general, not necessarily specific, well, specifically to to the LA teams and the Raiders, but 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 generally around the uh, around the NFL? Well, there's three teams that I have circled right now: the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, these are three teams that are some teams are people are talking about as Super Bowl contenders, definitely playoff contenders, uh, and all three of them laid eggs on you know, last week. And I want to see if is, is, is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers going to be able to, are they going to be able to rebound? Same with the Titans, same with the Buffalo Bills. All three look completely off uh, in some cases, embarrassingly. So uh, how are they going to rebound? Uh, because it, it looked awful for at least the Packers and the Titans and the Buffalo Bills played a dismal game against the Steelers who the, who the Raiders are playing this week. So uh, for me, that was one of my takeaways. Jameis Winston playing as well as he did. You know, they only asked him to throw it, I think, 20 times. Uh, and maybe that's his comfort zone. You know, he's been known to make mistakes. 
But maybe if you manage how many times he has to throw the game and don't force things with him uh, and create uh, great infrastructure around him, maybe that's the, the key that's going to un- unlock him. Uh, also, how long are the Bears going to stick with you know, Andy Dalton uh, as opposed to Justin Fields? Because in my mind, Andy Dalton gives you nothing at this point. And in fact, what he's actually doing is, is, is stunting the growth uh, of Justin Fields. It's probably time just to get on with it with Justin Fields because you're going to be better off long run. Again, Dalton doesn't give you anything. Justin Fields, at the very least, gives you development. And I think it's time for the Chicago Bears to kind of look in that direction. Yeah, but with Justin Fields, maybe they made the decision. The last thing we want this guy to do in his very first game is get up behind center and stare Aaron Donald in the eyes. That's true. Uh, they play the, the, the Bengals this week, a, a far less formidable opponent. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if they go you know, uh, in, in his direction a little bit more. But I think it's, again, if you're the Bears, let, the, let them learn, let them grow. Uh, you're not, you know, is that Andy Dalton the guy that's going to you know, uh, move the needle at all? No. Uh, so maybe this is the week where Justin Fields gets more and more playing time. Yeah, you know, don't think for one second think things aren't aren't you know kind of thought out before the season start. They got the Rams first game and the second game is the Bengals. So they exactly. go, okay, let's 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 let this play out and then we'll at some point bring Justin Fields to to be the start of the rest of the season against the Bengals cuz I guarantee you if Andy Dalton has two bad series, here comes Justin Fields number 1 in the game. You almost have to. Uh, and on, you know, on the flip side, uh, I'm interested in what the Philadelphia Eagles are all about. Not quite sure what to read into their victory um, against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons look really bad. But, uh, you know, they'll get a test this week up in San Francisco. And, you know, if they come out of there with a, with a win and play as well as they did or close to as well as they did in Atlanta, uh, going to have to start looking a little bit differently at the Eagles, especially in that division. All right, let's talk about the game at SoFi Chargers and Cowboys. So it really is the tale of two quarterbacks here. All focus, all eyes on Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott. Who has the better game? Um, You know, I I really liked what I saw from Dak Prescott uh, in the opening week, even though they lost. Uh, They're on a a long week, uh, so they have a little bit more uh, time to to rest it up. Uh, You know, the Chargers coming back from that long trip to Washington, D.C. I like Dak Prescott in this game, and nothing against Justin Herbert. I think he's going to get his numbers. Uh, but I think the Cowboys let one slip away uh, on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've, they've been waiting around a long time. I have a feeling it's going to be a, a, a there's going to be a lot of Cowboy fans uh, at SoFi Stadium without oh, question. Boy. So that's going to help. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I like Dak Prescott in that game. Yeah, coupled with the fact that uh, I think for the first time in a minute that the Cowboys feel good about where they are right now, coming off that Tampa game, even though they lost. I I, I think you're right. I I think. It's almost when you when you analyze it, Billy. I'm ask you this: Are you more impressed with the way Dallas played and lost to Tampa as opposed to the way Chargers played and won in Washington? Yeah, that's a great question because watching that game last night, you know, Washington's okay, uh, but yeah. maybe a little bit overrated uh, coming right. into the season. And obviously, um, you know, their quarterback situation is 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 uncertain. They probably should have lost that game too. Let's face it. I mean, the guy jumps off sides. On a field goal, yeah, lining up right over the football, and that can't happen. Um, and that's a game that the Giants should have won, and the uh, Washington should have lost. So I'm more impressed, honestly, with with what the Cowboys did in Tampa Bay, without question. All right, Josh Jacobs out for the Raiders. Just saw that uh, Raiders and Steelers. What do you think of this one? 
Yeah, that's a tough loss right there. Uh, it's going to be the Kenyon Drake show. Um, that's why they signed him. I know, I know a lot of people, you know, uh, raise their eyebrows when they signed Kenyon Drake. But as good as Josh Jacobs is, he has trouble getting through seasons. He can't stay healthy. So uh, that was a shrewd move now in retrospect. Um, you know, if the Raiders played defensively like they did against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I know they gave up 27 points. But, man, playing Lamar Jackson is just – it's such a challenge because even when you do everything right, he can still hurt you big time. Uh, I don't expect Big Ben to do that against the Raiders. Uh, I, I think they'll figure out a way to get the run game going with Kenyon Drake. Uh, I think Derek Carr found a little something with Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs late in the game um, to be able to spread the ball around a little bit more. And I really like where they are defensively. So I actually think the, 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 the Raiders have a, a path to victory in Pittsburgh this weekend. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's only week two. Um, and there's no – I don't think there's – even with even – with, you know, the Cowboys, even the Ravens playing the Chiefs could be 0-2. The Cowboys coming out here could be 0-2. I don't think it's a must-win time for any team right now in the, in the league. But I, I do believe for the Raiders it's a, it's an important step. For them, just kind of going in the right direction, Benny, I think the, the, the growth that everybody's feeling like they should be a playoff team this year. And these games, these early games against tough opponent, Pittsburgh came off beating Buffalo on the road. It's a tough opponent on the road. It's a big step for the Raiders to try to go in and get that win and get that win um, just for the psyche and the fan base and, and where they want to go in terms of getting to the playoffs this year. You just hit the nail on the head. Uh, even a, even, a, even a, a good performance coming yeah. off, a, off a short week against a great opponent, having to travel, you played you know, a, an emotional game against the Baltimore Ravens that took a lot out of you, including – uh, Josh Jacobs, including, um, you know, uh, Gerald McCoy went down for the season. Denzel Good, their guard, went down for the season. Uh, but I think they've, they've done really well in terms of creating some depth. And, and so th this is a, lit a litmus test for that depth uh, and what they created and some of the investments that they made uh, that could pay off pretty early. And, and you're exactly right. Just to be able to, to, if they could get that win, you know, start the season 2-0, against two historically tough physical football teams in the Ravens and the Steelers, one at home, one on the road, it would really bode well for the Raiders uh, in all sorts of ways. Their confidence, um, you know, their fan base, which has been anxious for years, we know that. Uh, and then maybe also the national perception of them as well. All right, Vinny. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, way to get us set up for this weekend, and uh, we will talk to you early next week. All right, guys. Have a good one. Enjoy the games this weekend. You too, Vinny, our NFL insider, Vinny Bonsignor. We're only on for an hour, Rodney. We've quickly got to mention UCLA and USC playing this weekend uh, before we break here and get Vic on with a haiku. So UCLA's 11-point favorite against Fresno State. and Number, uh, number 13 in the country, yeah, UCLA. Yeah, number 13 yes. in the country. Yes, and, and uh, say it, that, Fred. Let's give him props. You know, the, I'm not just a Trojan that hates Fred. I hate Bruin. I'm not that guy. I give credit where credit is due. They look good in those first couple of games, and especially against LSU. Uh, they got Fresno State. They should be 3-0 and um, as they, they continue marching through the uh, through the Pac-12 and the rest of the season. So I'm looking for them to be 3-0 and coming out of this weekend. Yeah, here's the thing. Given what they've done in the first two games and the excitement surrounding yeah. them actually doing something this year, yeah. expectations have now skyrocketed. Absolutely. The one thing they can't do now is stumble. Yeah, they got to seize the moment. Yeah. They got to seize the moment. SC is, you know, kind of wiping itself, you know, and trying to pick itself up from being knocked down. And, you know, new coach, new era, new all that stuff with USC and the turmoil going on over there. If there ever was an opportunity for them to kind of 
kind of gain themselves a foothold a little bit. It, it's it's this year right now, and they win, get three and zero. They're already thirteenth in the country. Who knows what's going to happen with the team losing? They could even move up. Um, you know, they they get to a top ten. You know, here in the next few, couple of few weeks, it could be big things for UCLA, and so they it's important for them to seize this opportunity in L.A. right now. And Dante Williams will try to seize his first opportunity as interim coach of the Trojans against Washington State, USC, on the road there. Uh, Trojans have done well. I mean, they've won 43 of the last 50 games against them. But given the week it was, Rodney, what do you expect from USC? Um, it could go two ways, Fred. I don't think there's going to be in, either in, in between. I, I think they're they going to come out, and I think the players – all accounts, players love Dante Williams, and 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 he's obviously been the recruiting guy, and they all know him well. Uh, but I think they all respect him and and like him as a person, and and will play hard. I think they're going to come out with a lot of excitement, um, and I think it, they come out and play extremely well, extremely hard, with a lot of enthusiasm. I think a lot of energy, which I I feel like is is kind of something that that people wanted to see more of. Um, and I think it, I think it'll go well. I don't think it'll be in between. I think, it, or the flip side of this, which is be a disaster, is this: they're not ready to play. Right, like their minds are otherwhere, uh, elsewhere, and they get they stumble against a a bad Washington State team up there, which you know it is still Pullman, and sometimes can be a tough place to play. You know, thankfully they play them early in the year because it could be a stumble up there, um, but. I, I I think that they come out with a lot of energy and and uh, and have a, a tremendous day tomorrow. And do you think uh, this will be the first game where the defense will record a sack? They haven't recorded a sack. Only team in the conference not to have a sack yet. They better get one, Fred. <laughs> they better get one. That's that's just it, right? That they're revamping the whole defense and the defensive line. They got a young you know, stud that they recruited. Um, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of things on that defense that had holes that were exploited by Stanford. Hopefully they can clean that up and, and start to play a lot better than what they did, uh, really in the first couple games. Cause they didn't, San Jose State, it wasn't a great, great game for them either. As our sprint continues, because we have Dodger baseball this afternoon, Dodgers in Cincinnati, we still have to give you your spirituality. We can't let you start the weekend without it. We're going to do it next. It's a touchdown for UCLA. Chip Kelly and the undefeated number 13 UCLA Bruins are back in action this weekend. They play host of Fresno State at the Rose Bowl. Meanwhile, in Trojan land, countdown to kickoff begins at 5 p.m. tomorrow. The home of the UCLA Bruins is AM 570 LA Sports. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. (laughs) What kind of mood did this put you in? Not exactly ready to run out of here. Beat the world, I'll tell you that. Oh, only for my man, Victor Brick Jacobs. Uh, One week from today, the excitement is back. The 46th Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, September 24th through the 26th. Three days of nonstop fun, including a Saturday night concert with Vince Neal. It's presented by ASM Global and Acura. Get your tickets at gplb.com. All right, before we get out of here, it's going to be quick. We need our spirituality. Let's welcome him on, Vic the Brick. 
with a daily haiku at 2, today at 12.50. Hello, Vic. Good afternoon, Fred. I'm transitioning from Kiyu Sakamoto and Sukiyaki, the classic 1961 song out of uh, the land of the rising sun, Japan. And that's one of the most fabulous international songs of all time. Oh, yeah. Kiyu Sakamoto, no relation to my beloved bride, Yuko Sakamoto, but I think Kiyu set the world on, you know, on, on fire with that uh, incredible selection, Asukiyaki. Yeah. And thank you, Ronnie, for dropping that, that fabulous, that fabulous tune. Oh yeah. Good afternoon, Fred. Hello, Vic. Keep it moving. <laughs> hey, hey. Gotta move, Rodney. <laughs> we hey. don't have much time. Rodney, good luck t- this weekend up in Wazoo. Always a tough game. But Dante Williams, I, I agree with you. They're going to come out with their helmets on fire. Yes. Executive producer. Rogan and Rodney show. He's relentless. He's indefatigable. He's tireless and multi-skilled. Kevin figures now. Oh, come on now. Ah, uh, yeah. The master of all audio, time, and space. You, you know him. You love him. You can't live without him. It's Ronnie Fasci. I'm feeling you. Uh, come on now. I'm into it. The Intuit Dome. The yes. Clippers' new home. Groundbreaking this morning in Inglewood for the champions. I'm loving it. Steve Ballmer. A yes. $2 billion. Yes. $2 oh, billion yeah. dollar structure. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Most leg room in all of the world. Yeah, that's what he said. More leg room in that arena than in any arena. Is that what he said? Yeah. 2024. Looking to forge in your own identity. You gotta love it. The Clippers, 2024, Inglewood. Like flying first class. That's how much it's like room Taj you have. Mahal 2. I'm calling it Taj Mahal 2.0. You heard it here first. Taj Mahal of the Hood 2.0. Sci Fi Stadium. So Fi? So Fi. <laughs> I've heard it called Sci Fi for like, a, for like, a, I don't know, some. Some some wackies were calling it sci-fi. Yeah. So fi That is Taj Mahal the Hood one. This is Taj Mahal the Hood 2.0. And of course, may have, you know the but our man Butts was there, the whole thing. Anyway. Who is Tony LaRusso? Why is he still in the league? Why are they throwing at Shohei Otani last night? That's butchery that should be outlawed. Okay? I've I've had it with this crap unwritten law of throwing at people, especially Otani-san. This Mike Wright is wrong of the White Sox. Larusa, get out, get him out of here. Okay. He could Listen. be manager of the year, Vic. He's archaic. He's got him in first place. You don't throw at Otani. You don't throw at anybody. The catcher was helping his guy. Well, he, he had a, a bad moment. You don't throw at people in this league anymore. That is an archaic, unwritten law that is done, as far as I'm concerned. This, you know, tooth for a tooth. You know, this is not this is not the Bible, okay? This is not a biblical thing. This is baseball 2022 already. Enough with the throwing at people. All right, Vic. Let's have that spirituality. Let's get it's us back center. to where we need to be. Let's let's have the haiku. Senna, haiku for you Friday, September 17th. The barge man's wife sings as she pulls the boat upstream. 
I'm feeling you. Senna! Man, I wish you would have done this on another day where we could comment on it. He must have a pretty strong wife to be She's pulling a boat. a great voice. And a great voice. Yeah, I'm just great saying. Voice. The barge man's wife's pulling a boat. My God. Well, she, she's singing and uh, singing and pulling. Yeah, well, listen, some people do that. And are when you they, saying she can't sing and pull? She can't multitask? No, she can. Yeah, what, what are you saying, saying, Fred? No, what I'm saying is, yeah, I think that's great. She must have some biceps, too, if she can pull that whole boat. It depends on the boat, Fred. It's a barge. <laughs> okay. A barge, you know, you're telling me, number one, my niece rows in upstate New York. She, she's on the rowing team. What if it's a pink? What? Well, that's a whole different story, Fred. Different boat. Yeah. Remember, we learned that earlier in the week, Rodney. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, pink that's good boat. knowledge, Fred. That's good knowledge of haiku. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend, all right? Enjoy, you guys. Okay. Rodney, before we get out of here, I want to bring on Dr. Gary Sai from the L.A. County Department of Public Health. The Olympics, uh, we, we recorded this recently, and the Olympics basically are Olympics for folks in recovery from substance abuse. And uh, Dr. Sai, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Fred. Uh, okay. We, time is really quick, but we do want to bring you on. Just talk about the event, when people can see it, and why it's so important. Yeah, well, the event's today. Uh, this is an annual event we have to celebrate National Recovery Month. Um, it, our uh, provider network participates, uh, brings their clients. Uh, it's really a celebration of recovery for uh, friends, family, and, and all involved. Uh, it's happening virtually this year as a result of the pandemic. Uh, we encourage everyone to join, uh, and we really appreciate the partnership that we have with our iHeartMedia as well as our other partners. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, you know, we were out there when, when you could actually do it in person, and next year we'll be in person again. But, boy, to see all the people in recovery working so hard to stay sober and helping others, it's really heartening, Doctor. Yeah, it, it's really beautiful. I mean, uh, you know, I think it's really important that um, people know that um, when it comes to substance use, um, there are services available, uh, and uh, treatment is uh, uh, possible recovery is possible and uh, treatment's available. And one of the things that we wanted to really highlight is our substance abuse service helpline. Um, people can call 24 seven at 844-804-7500. And I'll tell you something, uh, I I've learned from being involved with you guys, it works and that's great. Uh, Dr. Sai, thank you for coming on and sharing that. And by the way, the services are free. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct for uh, Medi-Cal uh, individuals. Very good. Dr. Sai, thank you. Look forward to seeing it on YouTube today. We're thrilled to be a part of it once again, all of us here at iHeartMedia. Have a great weekend. Thanks a lot. Take okay. care. Okay. UCLA football is back at the Rose Bowl when the Bruins host Fresno State tomorrow night at 745. And hang with Coors Light at the Coors Light Chill Zone for a chance to win $500. Located on the north side of the stadium on the golf course. Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. Great week as always. That's it, Rodney. We're back Monday. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money 
off of cuss words, writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night, down sunset, like in the sin What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell, to live and die in L.A. On bail, my people say Live and die in L.A.